are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That is 1 Corinthians 6.20. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. What is up, Tom? It's just been a good week, man. God is good, isn't he? He is. He is. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And I, we talked about this a little bit last week, like after after we recorded, but I'm, I think I'm thinking about buying a motorcycle, man. You should definitely just do it. Yeah. Just very impulsive. Just, right. Just get yeah. it. I, like within the next six to eight months, not like oh, tomorrow. <laughs> you said six to eight, and I was like hoping the next word was days. <laughs> like, yes, reckless decisions. <laughs> do it. Uh, I've thought about it, and then I've promptly said, hmm. Nah. Dismissed it as a great way to die. <laughs> nah. It's not the way I really want to go out. You know, I can find some better ways, but um, it's not just me and Tom on the podcast today. In third chair, a uh, integral member of our team, also a producer uh, of our podcast and um, and in the church as well. And, you know, in the, the sound technician and, and he's always kind of in the back. It's uh, Lane Stokes. How are you? Love Lane. I'm all right. You got to talk louder than that. You yeah. got it. It's, it's right, all right. I guess. No, it's just like having a conversation, yeah. and you'll be okay. fine. We're just talking. What's going on in your world, man? How's it going? Uh, not a whole lot. Going on a project, and then nice. Coming back to the warehouse and helping a lot more there. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, I feel like it's been a little while since we've had a an actual truth nugget segment, uh, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Truth nugget installment. Uh, we're going to be talking about head coverings. Yep. We're going to be talking about tattoos. <gasps> tattoos. And we're what? talking about body piercings. Oh, wow. Okay. So the the last two probably way more controversial. I would think so. Yeah, yeah probably. Because, I mean, head coverings for, for women, not really a, not really a big deal in today. It, it's the, way, the way that it was phrased when we brought this up, my first thought to like when you say head covering i'm thinking like burka i'm not thinking like oh, yeah. a baseball cap right <laughs> like that's not what i'm thinking i'm like what okay. i was like i guess women can wear that if they want like, it was kind of weird like okay whatever um but i think but we want to dive in and we'll, and we'll do the, the head covering first i think that probably makes more sense but you know specifically let's talk about headwear if you will in churches is it proper is it inappropriate is it wrong is it sinful um, less of a hot button topic, but I think it's a good question, nonetheless. Well, it 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 becomes less of a hot button or topic when you're talking about um, whether or not women should cover their heads in church, right? Because right. that's not really uh, even in Baptist circles, that's not something that's hugely discussed or debated. Um, I would say there are some key passages that people like to go to and bring up when we're talking about head coverings specifically. I'm going to, I've got a couple of like reference points here. So I want to make sure I pull the right thing up. Um, it's specifically in second, first Corinthians, first Corinthians is where we're going. Um, so let me, let, let me find that real quick. If we could, uh, get there. 
this is what happens when you don't have the stuff pulled up as soon as you start the conversation. Cause yeah. here I was looking at yeah. 620 where we started. You were not right? prepared. Oh, oh, I feel so horrible right now. Um, well, I think you just had it up too. I can't remember exactly it was. where it's at, but it, um, you know, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church there yes. about specifically about head coverings. Um, cause I think the scene, correct me if I'm wrong, the scene is, Traditionally, they women had worn head coverings uh, in that area, and were they not wanting to? Was that the issue? Well, here we go. First Corinthians uh, eleven is where we want to go. Three. So specifically, it's talking about. So you have to understand the time period and the culture, right? right. Um, a lot of thing. A lot of times, what I think we do, as from a Western culture perspective, is we look at things in the Bible and we're like, "Oh, well, that means this." Well, cool. I'm, I'm glad you approached that. But what does it mean in that culture at that time? What was it denoting? What did it mean? Yeah, context and so, is everything. Yeah, and so specifically in Corinth at the time, uh, what the issue of head coverings was for women is that married women would cover their head with a portion of their robe, uh, much like a uh, like a hood, and they would they would cover their head if they were married or if they were spoken for right. And whereas if women were not, they would leave their head uncovered. Well. In Corinth, they some of them had taken the liberty like, oh, well, I don't have to go by this anymore because I'm not under these common uh, cultural uh, restraints anymore. So I'm going to leave my head uncovered. Well, then that sent a message, right, in that culture that, oh, well, I know that she's married to, you know, Joshua, but her head's not covered. So is, what does that mean that they're like, are they have are they struggling in their marriage? Like, what's going on here? And then for men in that time period to cover their head, uh, traditionally in Roman and Greek pagan worship, men would cover their head when they prayed to a pagan god or offered sacrifices to a pagan god. So what Paul does here is he says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 4, every man praying or prophesying having his head covered dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head, for that is even all as one if she were shaven. Well, in that time, a woman only shaved her head if she were in mourning. Right. Or if there were some kind of shame that had entered into her life, like she would shave her head. So he's, he's talking about a cultural thing. Like men, in your culture, if you cover your head it means this. So it's not okay for you to cover your head, especially not in church, because God forbid that what you're doing in church that is godly be confused with what's being done in pagan worship. Right. Um, and then for the women, abide by the culture. Say, if the culture that you live in is women who are married, don't cover their heads, but women who aren't do, then you should abide by that culture. Um, so it's really a cultural thing, but for me, it's not about, cause he goes on to say that a woman's hair is her covering right, and that right. was given to her by God as a covering. Uh, so he kind of even makes it a point like, listen, if you didn't live in that culture, it wouldn't matter. God has covered women accordingly, but he also goes into 
saying, well, if a man has long hair, well, then that's also, and in that culture, like he is a woman, so he is being subservient to other men. And Paul was like, well, that's not, you shouldn't do that either. Well, in today's culture, a man having longer hair isn't a big deal. Amen. So why would that be an issue today? But a lot of, I'll say, traditionally conservative Baptists will say, well, men shouldn't have hair that go down like over the tops of their ears. And if they do, it makes them look like we're sitting here with Lane and Lane has like this massively curly the mane best fro I've of seen hair on a white man. Yeah, it's, hands down. it's insane. Um, Number one. Uh, me being a bald man, I yeah. look at his hair and I'm like, boy, he could like spare a pound yeah. of that. Tom really took this passage to heart and said, you know what? I can't, I'm not even have any hair. <laughs> right. Um, but so you look at these things and, and culturally, I think we've taken them and misappropriated them. So in medieval times, right, a knight would approach the king and out of respect so that the king could see his face he would remove his helmet. So it's a Western culture thing. It had to, it has nothing to do with glorifying God. It, it, it became a sign of respect, just like when we look at our modern day salute, right? Like where did the salute come from? Well, knights would, when they were unable to lift up or take off their helmet because of how it was fastened, they would lift up their visor and hold their visor up. And yeah. that was making the, the motion, of, making the motion yeah. of a salute, right? And that's where we get our salute from today. Um, but these are all cultural things. And as a Western world, I think we've taken that and it became, uh, well, a man should take off his head covering when he's in a building or in the presence of a woman or in the presence of a honorary member of society. Now, I will say this, Tom, I think culturally speaking, right, there are instances of that in the Western world, maybe, you know, primarily in Great Britain, and then as you have the colonies, and then you know America pro- mm-hmm. proper, um, there was kind of a you know best practice you know of just respect, right? right. Culturally speaking, like um, now nothing to do with right and wrong in the Lord's eyes, but this is a preference right. where like you know if there was a a lady in the room, you would take your hat off, or if you are sitting down to eat, or if you're or even in the old Western times, right? If you're going into a building, you take your hat off. You know, there were certain things that would that that were looked upon as the respectable thing to do, but it had nothing to do with doctrine or, or principle within scripture. At the same time, when you go back and you look at where all these origins of how we convey respect come from, they're largely based on this ver- on this this section of verses. Yeah, which makes like, sense. But they, just they, after, they, yeah, yeah. Cause, because of being such a Christian society, right? Well, if God says that it's respectful for a man to uncover his head, right, then we should uncover our head as, as a sign yeah. of respect. Now, I will say this, you know, and this is something we do, you know, really where you see it a lot is where we at church camp, right? Where we announce, Hey, if you're wearing a cap, you know, gentlemen, take it off when we pray. Right. Right. I, I, I deep down that feels right to me right now. Is that a principle or a doctrine thing? Absolutely not. It is, is, is a little piece of fabric between the top of my scalp and God up in heaven going to matter my prayer. No, no. Yeah. But for me, I, I see it. I interpret that as a level of respect for what I'm doing, and that and I do it right. But it's it, I don't make it 
part of my identity. I'm not going to force that on somebody right. else. The actual act of that prayer is not hindered by a hat on my head. Um, so I think there's a delineation there. But going but going back to like you know first first Corinthians right, the, what they were doing was I mean in the ancient world, they had their customs, they had their cultural what was accepted, and I think all all Paul was saying there is hey listen there's you're, you you are creating discourse right when you yeah. do X Y and Z when you have there's there's confusion there's it's confusion, confusion and it's causing yeah. your fellow church members in Corinth to stumble and even the society right like right. the society was viewing them like so you do have and later on in in the same book right Paul does say well you have liberty right but not not all liberty is beneficial for everyone. When he's talking about the meats and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, yeah. for sure. So yeah, I think that's important, right? Good. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up the head covering and prayer because one of my main points in the in why I, why I wanted to discuss this, why it was one of the things in this grouping is because you look at uh, in the Old Testament, um, I'm going to go to Exodus 28, which is large portions of the law, right? Going and we're way gonna, back. Yeah. So Exodus 28, Old school. I'm going to go to 437 and 40. Uh, let me look it up here real quick. Exodus 28, chapter four. And he's talking about priestly garments, right? So, and these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate, an ephod, a robe, a broidered coat, a miter. And the interesting thing here that I like to point out is a miter. So a miter is a, could be translated a tiara, which is just a type of head covering, right? Or an official turban Mm -hmm. of a king or a high priest. And a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So there's, there's one instance where God was like, the priests, if they're going to do worship, have to wear a hat. Um, and then we go to verse 37, scrolling through my digital Bible here. And you're going to make, he, he says in verse 36, and thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And thou shalt put it Put it on a blue lace that it may be put upon the miter. So he's saying you're going to make something, put it on blue lace, and it's going to go on the hat of the priest. Upon the forefront of the miter shall it be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead. That Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy thing. So when he says iniquity there, that he he bears the responsibility for the holy things. That is the key part of those verses right? It sounds like God wanted to make sure that they were set apart, distinguishable, right? Um, in this case, it, it's funny, it's, it's actually quite the other side of the expect the, the other side of the spectrum, right? In this case, right? Yep. It's not being looked at as, oh, that's unholy or an abomination or heretical or whatever. It's actually, you know what, God commanded this right. to distinguish these two people as the high priests. That way everybody knows these are the two chosen men of God. Right. And so he, he does go on and in, in 29, nine, he says, um, and thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his son and put bonnets on them. So just reinforcing the hat thing, right? How cute. Yeah. They all get to wear bonnets. And then the, the last one I'll go is in the same vein and that's Leviticus eight, nine. 
Leviticus 8, 9. Uh, and he's talking about when he's actually clothing Aaron and all these things, right? And he put the miter, the, the bonnet, the turban upon his head and put the gold plate on it. And it was as a holy crown as the Lord commanded Moses. Yeah, there you go. So in all of that, one of the things that I like to point out is that in Christ, we have been made priests and kings. So, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I honestly don't care either way. I, I don't think it's inappropriate for men to take off their hats when they pray. At the same time, I am not offended, nor do I find it inappropriate if men leave on their hats when they pray. Because when you look at the verses in their entirety, to me, you can say in the culture that we live in, it's a sign of respect to take your hat off. Right. At the same time, we are not necessarily always bound to the trappings of a culture and as priests before God, he has in the old Testament and we're not under the law anymore. I get it. But as priests, we're, it's okay for us to cover our heads as well, because if he commanded it in the old Testament, it's just as valid for us today. It's one of those things. I don't, is it a line that I think we need to like draw on the sand and be like anybody who wears a head covering when they preach or Absolutely. worship? Yeah, right. No, I mean, it's, they're in violation and they're a dirty sinner. It's such a small, yeah, it's, I, I couldn't care less, right? Yeah. If, if, you know, but there, if, if someone is praying with a hat on, but I think what you're about to say, there are pastors and whole churches typically on the more traditional Baptist old school kind of theology um, where it's like shunned like you all the way down straight down if you wear a hat (laughs) while you're praying not even not even in the service of something like I've been in churches where on an off service day Thursday if you walk into the sanctuary with a hat on I mean, old ladies in the back fall down. The church Screaming. secretary yeah. is like, yeah. abomination, abomination. <laughs> um, like, well, again, it's we see it so many times we, when we do these truth nugget segments. It's unfortunately, it's just people's preferences yeah. coming before biblical doctrine or even preferences, right? Or, or the principles, rather, right? It's, it's preferences becoming before the principle and the doctrine. And I'm telling you, when you make that mistake, your your heart never gets any more open. Your heart never becomes any more welcoming. Your heart never becomes more in tune with the word and with Christ that way. Yeah. When you put your preferences before the other two, before your principles, before your doctrine, it always results in a harder heart. And that's where you see this example. That, that, that is a real scenario. People really care that much about yeah. wearing hats in church. Well, and, and I mean, so Lane, let, let's say that you weren't a Christian, right? You're showing up in church for the first time ever, and you just 
kind of have grown up without a whole lot of like structure in your life or anything like that. And you wearing a, you're wearing a hat. Yeah, or you right. just have a really cool hat and you like wearing it. Yeah, whatever. And you walk. You walk into the. You walk into what we'll consider the sanctuary on a Sunday morning, and you sit down to participate in worship and in uh, our service. And not one time during the whole service do you take your hat off. You're you're unaware. You 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 don't you, you don't you're not aware enough to notice that like no one else is wearing a hat, and the one kid that is wearing a hat, it, he takes it off every single time somebody prays because you're thinking to yourself, well, I, I, everybody else is closing their eyes. I better close my eyes when they pray. Like I, I don't know anything about this, but that looks like what they're doing. And you never remove your hat the entire time. And then after after the services, somebody walks up to you and they're you know I was really offended by the fact that don't don't you take off your hat when you when we pray. How, I mean, how would that make a person feel? Very confused. Aren't we supposed to be welcome in the house of the Lord? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, it just propagates stereotypes that are already out there. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, and that just comes from putting the preferences first. You know, it's it's such a small thing, right, um, that I think a lot of people, a lot of traditional Baptists, like you said, have cherry-picked a couple verses, have interpreted just that verse to say yeah. you must mustn't wear a hat in the house of the Lord or pray or whatever and then immediately becomes doctrine in their mind in their heart yeah and you can't change their mind and then decades go on and then they view that as the absolute scriptural truth and they conduct themselves accordingly and that's what you see yeah and especially with with Christian culture being so largely based on like huge portions of the Bible, right? Like as it's found its way into our societies and stuff, it's not a bad thing, but sometimes I think the misunderstanding of certain passages has led to a cultural thing that maybe wouldn't have been based that way if the passage would have been understood correctly the first time that it was read or used for that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, for, from a head covering perspective, that's just one of my things. I'm a hat guy. I don't. I, yeah. I like wearing all kinds of hats. Um, you, you wear hats all the time in the yeah, house of the Lord. Yeah. That, now, granted, folks, I, I do take it off when we worship, when we pray, um, but I do that for the benefit of other people because yeah. I don't want them to be offended. And, and I mean, if they have their eyes open while we're praying and they see me with my hat on, I mean, shame on them. They're they're praying with their eyes open. That's another preference. That's a whole other thing. topic. Yeah. That's a whole other rabbit hole. We how do you pray with? How it. do you pray without ceasing if you have your eyes open? Um, Never open your eyes ever. Ever. That explains a lot of driving in Texas. Actually, yeah, a lot of people that, just pray. That makes sense. Yeah, that's what it is. No, I, I think that encapsulates um, that pretty well. And at the end of the day, um, should it matter? No. Now, can people take that and make it a thing where, yes, it matters, maybe. But it, it's such a small part of what you should be looking for it has really no relation to anything spiritual i mean if it's just a hat right yeah. now culturally like back then it meant something right and that's why we see those verses back then it, it mattered because it distinguished people it, it gave yeah. people you know delineation um but now right i mean just because lane has long hair doesn't mean that he's married right Right. Not every man with long hair means he's married or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, or the fact that Lane doesn't have a beard, you know, that means that he hasn't reached full manhood yet. Right. Yeah. That, right. Th it's those things, not, those, yeah. culturally, those things don't apply to the same, th the same 
today. Right. So yeah, it just it just comes down to preference. If you want to wear a hat, great. Should the people of today's churches, Baptist churches, uh, really dive into their Bible and read more about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then again, just to the, you know, we kind of went through the scenario of a visitor. There's just so many scenarios. I think we go through like that on this podcast, right? Where um, those are the people we should be giving the most love to, the most grace to. Yep, the um, most grace for sure. I don't. I mean, there's certain things obviously we can't have here at the church, but we would love to have anybody, anybody in our doors that wants to learn, who wants, to, you know, the saving power of Christ. Who cares what they look like? Yeah. That, that's well, it. Who cares? Walk in with hair all the way down to your to your ankles. I, I don't I don't care if yeah. you're a dude. Like I'd be and impressed. a hat on. Like yeah, yeah. I'd be like, wow, I wish I had hair like yeah. that. That guy. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, those things are are silly things that um, we we tend to focus on. Like that's not how we're supposed to be set apart. The, the, what should set us apart is the fact that well, and Christ even said he's like people should know you in the fact that you love each other. Like those are the things that should set us apart. Not oh you know what he he looks like a a, a Christian because yeah. he has short hair and a very well groomed beard and I, I never see him wearing shorts or uh, wearing a hat in, indoors like that's you don't that's not how we look Christian to the world um, now am I saying that we need to go out and dress in every single manner that the world dresses no there yeah, there there's, there's, there's a sense of yeah. yeah there is a sense of uh, separation there as well. But there's um, a lot of there's a lot of room yes. in between, yeah. uh, you know, wearing tuxedos to church and uh, where it's inappropriate. <laughs> there's a pretty vast canvas there. I only wear tuxedos to Walmart. Yeah. And God bless you for that. <laughs> good luck. But uh, no, yeah, I think that that's a pretty pretty good interpretation of that. And and uh, I guess we'll move on to the uh, a little more uh, hard hitting of the two topics: tattoos and piercings um personally i have i have to count them one two three i have four tattoos um my wife has who knows countless she has a whole sleeve of patriotic and texas tattoos these sinners it's pretty cool actually pretty awesome um so very familiar with it been in my life for a while um yeah tom you recently recently got a tattoo yeah this year um and you know we're looking at maybe getting more um it's definitely taboo right in today's even today in churches uh, i think historically there are arguments especially in ancient times again when you look at it culturally yeah where you are said not to do markings to your body yeah um things like that now we're talking that's old old school right old testament law but again that's where a lot of you know believers and unbelievers alike uh cherry pick that verse without looking at the broader context of what's happening there in in the old testament um and what what that is actually referring to so let's go there let's do it so specifically the verse that they like to key off is uh leviticus 19 and verse 28 where it says ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. So the interpretation of that verse at face value, right? If you take that and say, okay, yeah, that that makes sense, right? It says don't cut your body 
mark your body. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, when you pierce your body, you have to cut your body. Okay, takes care of that one. Don't mark your body. Okay, a mark, tattoo. Okay, that makes sense. Cool, take it at face value. That's what that means. And again, boom, it's solidified in their heart as doctrine. There you go. What that's referring to back in the Old Testament is in pagan worship. Yeah. Where you have a common way that they would conduct themselves during these rituals to yeah. these pagan gods what they would cut themselves in the idea that it would release evil spirits from their body okay so that's the context there and in, in the same thing with the marking it, would, it was marking to identify yourself as one of those worshipers yeah that is the context well and so from a from a contextual perspective we they leave out like the preceding verses, which it says, "Ye shall not eat anything with the blood. Neither shall ye use enchantment, nor observe times." Well, what does that mean? Well, so they're saying you shouldn't eat anything that still has blood in it. Well, hang on a second. Mm, life just got a little. Are we just more are we, miserable? For are we me. now all just going to eat like dry meat all the time? Like, are we going to have to like completely drain all the blood out of just stuff? Just beef jerky. Yeah. Nothing but beef jerky. And then it says, neither shall ye use enchantment, right? Okay, so so what does that mean? So again, we're talking, this is a pagan worship thing, right? right? So it's not that we shouldn't eat anything with the blood in it. We shouldn't eat things that have not been cooked as part of idol worship. Right. We shouldn't use enchantments as part of idol worship, nor observe times. Now, what's that? That's astrology. Like we shouldn't try to base our workings in life and how we live our life based on like observing the stars and seasons. It's a whole other podcast too. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. Um, And then it says in verse 27, you shall not round the corners of your heads. So Lane, you can never cut your hair and nor can I. Neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. So we should all have like straight, like Babylonian style squared off beards <laughs> if we're if we're following this to the nth degree right right but again this is all in you shall not make cuttings in your flesh for the dead right nor print any marks upon you in the in the act of worship of pagan things and it says do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. Well, what is that talking about? It's talking about all these pros- these temple prostitutes that they used to use in Baal worship, right? And you look at the surrounding nations around Israel and you look at the Baal worship and you look at the instance of Elisha, right? Or Elijah, I'm sorry, Elijah, where he was with the prophets of Baal and they made the two altars and they it it like they just started screaming and yelling and praying and it 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 come around noon and then they started cutting themselves yeah, it got thinking more that severe and yeah more just, thinking yeah. and some of them were like driving daggers into their bodies. Uh, this was all part of pagan worship in the surrounding nations around Israel. What it's not about is cuttings, right? Cuttings ha- kind of have a different. Uh, thing to them like okay so we shouldn't ever sit around and just like cut on ourselves right um but as far as the the prints and the marks like that that's a completely different thing right. the, the the tattoo that i have 
is it religious? No. It is my wife Crystal's name in Orabesh, which is the language that George Lucas came up with in Star Wars, right? Um, two things that one of the, one thing that I love passionately, which is my wife, not Star Wars. Um, I was like, don't say Star Wars first. The, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that I have an affinity for that I really enjoy, yeah. and um, it's it's kind of a way to just kind of have that done. And right. I I contemplated it for a long time. I didn't just go out and get it. Uh, is it specifically worshipful for God? Uh, n- no. Does it detract? from my worship of God. I would also say no. Surprisingly enough, no. after I've gotten this, I've I've led worship every Sunday with the band and not a single person has come up to me and said anything about it. Yeah. And you know that was my biggest like fear, that was my biggest hold back from getting it sooner is because I didn't want uh to be like a stumbling block to somebody that kind of had a problem with that and lo and behold like literally no one has had a problem with it well i mean in today's society just overall i think they're a little more accepted than they were even 50 years ago 30 years ago um but you know if you look at it scripturally i don't think you could find any basis for it being a sin um in and of itself and that's important right right um can you get things tattooed on your body that are sinful images explicit language things that are not profitable to the kingdom of, of Christ and the furtherance of the gospel? Absolutely you can. Yeah. Um, that, and yes, and then obviously that would be a sin, right? But just like in music, right, just because there are some bad music, just because there are explicit lyrics, just because there are subject matter that is uh, not becoming of a Christian, what they should listen to, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to music at all. Right. Right. Well, yeah. If there's if there's uh, if there's Christian rap out there that has a good a good motive and is very worshipful, right. does that mean we should go out and listen to all rap? Well, to your point, no. No. Right. There are the, barriers. The, yeah. Does that mean that I should go get uh, a skeleton, uh, a skull tattoo with a snake weaving through it and a sword cutting the snake in half? Like, well, what does that profit? Yeah. Anything? I mean, it would probably look really cool. For sure, but it probably wouldn't be profitable. Yeah, you know, like I said, right? If somebody sees that, what are, what's the thing that they're going to notice about me first? Right, right, and that's something that I've I've I tried to do. Um, now I have you know I have a I have a pretty big cross on my chest, uh-huh. and that was and, and and intentionally when I got it my, as my first tattoo, I said there was a motive behind it. Hey, I wanted to get a cross to you know represent Jesus Christ. Yeah over where my heart is. That was the intention of the tattoo. I've never once thought there was anything wrong with that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There actually might be something right with it, if you think about it. But, you know, and then, like, you know, the one on my forearm is, like, it's a triangle with multiple interweaving triangles. It's supposed to represent, like, a trinity symbol, like, right, for the trinity of Christ, right? So most of my tattoos um, are either linked to my marriage, like, I have our anniversary underneath my ring on my finger, Mm -hmm. um, or they're of, of Christ. Now, I do have one that I, I want to get removed, but it's not explicit or anything like that. It's just an ampersand. It's an big and side. Um, doesn't detract from the gospel. Right. Um, but it's not profitable either, right? So it's like it's just neither neither or, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, inherently speaking, tattoos in and of themselves, I don't think you could find that they are sinful in Scripture. 
Now, I will say this, Tom. We read, you know, we read Old Testament, right? We read, hey, you know, where a lot of what those people bring up, they cherry pick that verse yeah. in Leviticus, um, you know, no, no cutting, no marking your body. Um, so we've established that as, you know, identifiers of, of pagan mm-hmm. worship. Um, but some people have also, you know, they, they'll quote um, actually just the verse right before the one that we read opening up, right? First Corinthians six nineteen. Yeah. Right. Um, that says, "What you know not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own." So people bring up now. There's different contexts there mm-hmm. too, right? But people cherry pick. A multiple, a, a, a few verses that say, hey, we are a temple. You should treat your body as such. Okay. I, I What do you got, Lane? Come on, man. You, you're sitting there like smiling, holding yourself back. Go ahead. It's okay. Mm. There, there's no judgment in this space. No, no, no. Like, that's not... Because, like, you've heard that before, right? Where it's like... Mm-hmm. You know, like as a Christian, your body is a temple. The, the temple is no longer um, a physical place yet. It'll be one day. But right now it's not a physical place. The temple is within you where the Holy Spirit dwells. And I think people, I, I've heard this personally where people say, well, you know, your body's a temple. So if it's a temple of the Lord, you, you can't mark it up. You can't get piercings. It's it's the temple. Why would you defile the temple? And I'm like, hmm. That's... That is so interesting because when you look at Solomon's temple, the amount of brass and gold and um, fixtures and fineries and just symbolism that was used in the Solomonic temple, like God, what God didn't say, like, okay, listen, Solomon, I want you to build me a temple with all this stuff that uh, your your father David uh, gathered together for me. Um, but I need it to be plain and I need it to be just, you know, slight gold trim in these places. Um, I don't want it to be magnificent. I don't want it to be glorious. I don't want it to look spectacular. or I don't want it to look like anything special. Um, that's how I want my temple to look. Now, am I saying that a tattoo is necessary or piercings are necessary dressing for the temple of God? No, no. But what I will say is that we are no longer under temple law or temple rule. And while our body is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I think when you would go and look at different churches saying that um, and making the comparison of churches and temples and being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that would be like saying that all churches have to have brick front walls and that when you walk into the sanctuary, they all have to have um, cedar pews with a, a medium stain and maroon cushions. All those like specifics of the, the temple. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's not what you see. You see, you see differences even in the temple in or the tabernacle in the wilderness, right? Like there were different, God had a different design for that temple because it served a specific purpose for him in that time. God had a specific design for the purpose of the Solomonic temple because it served that purpose. It was the, the, 
the height of grandeur for Israel, and therefore it was the height of grandeur for God here on earth. Right, right. right. But one thing remains the same, though. Even with that traveling tabernacle in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. right, you still had the separation of the rooms. You still had the veil. You still had the priest that can go in once a year. Um, That stayed the same, right? So the the office, the application... the worship, the sincerity, right, is all. It's completely it's the same, the same, right. No matter how yeah. it looks. Now, I'm not saying that, and what we, we kind of alluded to, I'm not saying that you must have tattoos and piercings to, if you are a Christian, to show the grandeur of God on your body. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, what I'm saying is, like a lot of these other, you know, it, hot button issues, I think that there is a class of Christian, more traditional. Um, tend to be Baptists, a lot of these. Um, older, maybe. Yeah. Um, Church of Christ. Church of Christ. There's, there's a lot of yeah. them. Um, older saints, if you will. Yeah. Um, because of when they grew up and because of what was culturally relevant and taboo then, they, again, take that, they cherry pick these verses and they make it doctrine, unfortunately. Well, and um, at, the, at the same time, though, like a lot of those people, when you look... And again, this is no judgment. I, th- I think it's super cool. They'll have a lot of military tattoos, yep. right? Because a lot of the a lot of those people either either served in like Vietnam or the Korean conflict, or you've got uh, you've got a group coming in now uh, that are kind of just a little bit older than me uh, that served in some of like the Gulf War stuff, and, yeah, like Desert Storm, and, yeah, yeah, like yeah, all, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. And there's there's some of these guys that are like almost ashamed of it and it's it's just like the the tattoo of the symbol of their unit or yeah, they've got like, like a, their unit number like yeah, tattooed yeah, yeah. on them like you fought for your country that at the time was a very god honoring and god fearing country like if nothing else don't cover that up like T- there's there's pride there's no take, shame yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, shame pride. there yeah. like take pride in that now should you make the hula girl dance on your forearm okay that that one maybe not take pride in that yeah. right is it cool um, yes no, no, I'm I'm <laughs> you know what i mean though yeah. like okay maybe the one that you got while you were you know on leave and maybe maybe you don't flaunt that one around but there are certain things like i don't, I don't think there's a problem with that and there's there's in christ we have no shame absolutely like he doesn't we're, he doesn't judge us for those things. He doesn't sit there and say, you are a lesser Christian. You are less my child. You are not in as honored a position. You are less chosen because in a moment of weakness on shore leave, you went and got the tattoo of the the, the girl that you like, right? Like her face or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, is, is Christ's work on the cross? The, the salvation of the cross not cover that yeah right um it's yeah it's it's silly it, it really is um and I, I do want to put this caveat out there right there it's it's taboo still but there are tattoos there are there are ways with any of these topics that we talk about to take it too far yep and then it becomes sinful right are are some tattoos sinful absolutely Yes. Mm-hmm. Is the act sure. of getting a tattoo in and of itself sinful? No. Yeah. And I'll I'll add to that too like okay, so let's be 
let's be conscious of society as well. Like maybe getting J-E underneath your, your right eye and S-U-S underneath your left eye is not the best way to represent Jesus, right? Um, if you want to go do that, <laughs> how bold and how brave. Yeah, um, committed. But at the same time, maybe that's not the best way to show Christ. Yeah. Is uh, it in that case, is it more distracting yeah. than it would be if you didn't have it? Right. right. There, there's, there's, there's lines, right? There's definitely barriers that you have to consider in any of these freedoms that we have. Like, cause there's a certain point where it is detracting. You are distracting. It, it's, it's a hindrance to either yeah. the lost people you're trying to save, or as we see in, in first Corinthians, uh, to your feather brother, fellow brothers in Christ. So you have to be cognizant of these things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, to put that to rest, right? I mean, tattoos in and of themselves, I, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can find it in there and say it's a sin. I don't no, think you can. I, I agree. And out of all, out of all three of these, what, what do you got, Lane? Yeah, what do you got? You good? Yeah, what do you got, Lane? So let's take a few steps back. Where are we going back to? Your body is a temple. Okay. Now I have, I can admit I've lost some weight, but still, if oh, my body is a temple, it's a, it's more the temple of Buddha. If we're, <laughs> if I'm being honest with myself, I'm not trying to be he always fun looks of happy every time I see him. So, <laughs> okay. It feels weird that if I'm to say that, well, Tom, your your tattoo is sinful because, you know, your body's a temple. If I'm not taking care of myself, my body's a temple. Now I could also say something about the tattoo because George Lucas and Star Wars and Oh, what is it? Uh, of the devil. Yeah, some people. It's, it's wizardry. Yeah. Oh, more. Uh, I found it super funny. Uh, but environmentalism. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> because of the force. Well, that's my new religion. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a good point. I, but that's the, that's the cherry pick portion of our, of our preferences, right? Like, I prefer to look at my body is a temple and say that then I shouldn't, um, mark on it or pierce it. Well, I prefer to say that my body is a temple and therefore the Lord desires me to be as fit as possible. Whereas another person may say, well, my body is a temple and the Lord needs plenty of room to spread out. <laughs> yeah. Now, are there <laughs> lines within every single one of those sure, scenarios absolutely. where it would become sinful? Moderation. Right? Absolutely. Moderation. Um, such a key word for like all of these things, right? I know. Like just moderation people, um, yeah. you know, um, whether it's weight, tattoo, I mean, piercings, which I think is a good segue, right? Um, mm. Unless, unless we, we want to keep. No. Okay. Like your, your idea of like keeping in balance, like I always think of, you know, any kind of topic, there's a left side of the pendulum, a right side. Yeah. Can we be more in the middle as possible. You can't yeah. always be, but like, can yeah, we just absolutely. like have yeah. a balance? Well, and like, that's the great thing about salvation and being secure within that, right? Mm -hmm. You're secure in your salvation. And Christ not only has afforded you eternal, you know, communion with him, 
but right. he has given you freedom here while you're still left on the earth. Right? Exactly. A lot of people, and we talked about this in the length in other podcasts, but yeah. um, a lot of people, it's a misconception. I think a lot of people, um, especially the lost, will look at, at what we do, what we believe as just a bunch of rules, as chains weighing us down. Um, it's actually quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. No freeing. But there's a warning with that, yeah. right? With that freedom, with any freedom, you can take it too far. And then when that happens, it does become sinful. Mm-hmm. That can that applies to everything in our lives, yeah. right? And that's where the moderation comes in. So whether it's tattoos, piercings, what we eat, what we, you know, you know, what what we listen like this is a couple podcasts ago, but what we listen to and and what we say, you know, those are pretty easy to say. Okay, don't mm-hmm. say these words yeah. or don't listen. You know, don't look at that. Um, but yeah, you just have to have a guarded heart. And you have to discern what is right and what is wrong for you in that freedom. Yeah. Because, you know, some, some, some people might look at that verse and say, okay, yeah, my body's a temple. And for me, I, I, I'm choosing not to get any tattoos because for me, that is where I want to be. I, yeah. I, for me, I, I don't feel comfortable with that. That, that makes me feel funny or whatever. Does it make a difference? to the Lord no. no you have freedom with within to do yeah. whatever mm-hmm. to a limit to a degree right well, you have just as much freedom to say that that's not for you yeah yeah and I, would I knock anybody who doesn't want to get tattoos no. you know it, it may not even be like a spiritual thing they may, they may not just like the pain or needles or whatever it might be yeah. right or they've just never had a desire to yeah. go do yeah. something like that it's it, it does not matter it's 100% yeah. me yeah yeah just, just don't like the pain or the needles Mm-mm. yeah if you don't you, if you don't have interest in it and you are okay without it, more power to you. Yeah. I mean, whatever, right? It's it's one of those things that uh, has no bearing one way or the other, and it's 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 a personal conviction thing. Yeah. Um, and I think you know we haven't really touched on the piercings much, but it also is true to that, right? I have always, and I think I've been guilty of this. I've always, growing up, looked at piercings as more of a bad thing than tattoos. And I think that's just, you know, growing up, my, like my mother, it's always had tattoos growing up. I've always been around tattoos and never really felt that was icky at all. <laughs> you know, icky in the Lord. Never thought that was bad. Uh, but but piercings have always, for me, growing up was always that weird thing that was kind of taboo. Like, ooh, like that's, there's a line oh, there. Right. That <laughs> They're covered be, in tattoos, yeah, but oh man, yeah. they got all kinds of piercings. What? Yeah. And then like, you know, after, you know, it's really after. I got married and I'm like, you know, spending my whole time, you know, with a woman and I'm like, oh, okay, I understand it now. Like you want this other ear piercing. Is that sinful? No. Now, are there some piercings? Can you take it too far? Can you get piercings in uh, in certain areas that uh, would be probably sinful? Why are you doing it? That's the question I would ask, right? Um yeah, you can take it too far, just like anything else, and it be sinful. Um, but okay. I think that's one of the biggest questions you have to ask yourself, right? And, I, and I'll let you speak right after this, mm-hmm. uh, Lane. But what is the motivation behind getting the tattoo? What is the motivation behind getting the piercing? Were you peer pressured into it? Are you doing it uh, for yourself to puff yourself up? You know, what are what? Like, let's ask yourself why. Why are you doing this? Goodly. 
So Kyle, you're telling me you do not want to have a piercing in your ear the size where you can throw a football through it. I used to have um, my ears pierced back in the day. I was one of those scene metal kids that wanted uh, gauges. So what I did is I got them pierced, just like regular pierced. I don't know what even that you know measurement is. Anyway, just okay. regular pierced, and then you can buy um, <laughs> they're like they they look like little hockey pucks with just a little tiny little hole. Yeah. And it makes uh-huh. it look like your ears are gauged, but they're really not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went through a phase where I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, I actually still have the scars, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, it's one of those things that, again, it's, it's, it's taboo, definitely, even in today's society for like, you know, men to wear earrings, things like that. Is it inherently sinful? Again, I don't, I don't think you can find that. But again, all things in moderation. And you have to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is this is this something that I'm doing to prop myself up? Is this a prideful action? Is this, a, you know, is this me taking a step away from my walk with the Lord or not? That's what you need to ask yourself. Okay. So I, formerly, huge piercing guy. Um, I've seen the pictures. Uh, <laughs> one time I had six earrings in my left ear, five in my right ear. My tongue was pierced. My eyebrow was pierced. Do you ever have uh, like, like a nose ring and like in, like a hoop and then have a chain connecting it? No, I'm not Bajoran. So That's cool. a Star Trek reference, by the way. <laughs> I have a story to tell about that <laughs> okay. that's later. But. Uh, um, um, why? Because uh, one night I, I got my ear pierced and uh, at one night we were like hanging out as a bunch of friends and we had one of those like home piercing kit things and we were so stupid we just started like piercing each other's ears and just reusing the same stud over and over and over I mean we'd, we'd, we'd peroxide it and everything between pierces right um, but the cartilage piercing by the way that thing pops when it goes through it's really strange um, but yeah, like uh, half inch hoops in the bottom and then like studs and different size hoops like all the way back. Uh, my tongue piercing was just uh, a regular stud, but at one point it also had like a ring in it. And yeah. uh, I say that to say for the longest time, like I kept my the hole in my tongue open and I'd like take it out when I went to church and put it back in when I went out when I left church. Um, well, Tom, why would you do that? Were you ashamed of it? No but I didn't want to be like singing a special um, and somebody see going for the that high note glint, and see the, yeah, the glint yeah. of my tongue piercing and be like, Oh my gosh, that Tom's up there singing about Jesus and yep. he's such a dirty sinner. And now we have to stone piercing. him in right. the parking lot. Um, so on piercings, you look in um, Exodus And you will see that when Aaron made the golden calf, that he got all of the earrings from the children of Israel, not from the women only, not from the men only, also from the children. Oh my, they all had, they all had earrings. Yeah. Well, it was because of the, just the worldly Egyptian culture that they had earrings. Hmm. Maybe a small part really? of it, but my question no. would be when we look in and I'll use Ezekiel sixteen as a as a reference point here. So the King James 
says in Ezekiel 16 and verse 12, and God is talking about, um, it, it's Ezekiel, right? So it's judgment for the children of Israel and, and all this kind of stuff. But he's talking about how he's going to make Israel restored and better, right? And he says, um, I put a jewel on your forehead and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. This is what I've done for you in the past, right? Like this is how I made Israel to be what it is. And now you're turning away from me. But what is interesting is when you look at Ezekiel um, 1612 and you look at it in a, in a different translation, I know, I know. It says, and I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. Which the, the Greek can be interpreted that way. So God is saying, first of all, that they had earrings and that he was okay with them having earrings. And when you go, I'm sorry, the Hebrew, not the Greek, we're in the Old Testament. When you, when you go to the Hebrew, right, um, it, it can be interpreted a, that they had nose rings as well and that God put that there. So my question is, and that's not, that's not the only verse. I'll, I'll, I'll find a couple more here. But so they were decked with jewelry in their face and in their ears. And God said he put it there. Right, which means it's a sign of admiration, it's a sign. It's a sign of adornment, right? Yeah. That God is saying, "I'm I'm making you versus what you had." These pagan earrings, you know. In my mind, they're like dirty and rusted and just like gross. Uh, I'm gonna that the image is, well, my earrings, my right. nose, what my whatever jewelry, and it's not just necklaces and bracelets. Yeah. Like we're talking piercings. Yeah. I can I I can adorn you so much more appropriately. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, again, right, I, I think you can throw that right next to the tattoo argument and say, are, ta- are, sorry, are piercings inherently evil and sinful? No. I, I think you, you, you can definitely say that. Sure, yeah. But can they be distracting? Can you have too many? Can that be a hindrance if you're trying to witness to somebody? Or could it be a stumbling block to a, fe- a fellow brother or sister in Christ? Absolutely. Right. And that's where we need to have discernment and say, is what I'm doing hurting the opportunities that I have that God gives me to witness to people? Yeah. And, 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 you know, and like I said, you know, is it causing other people to question things and, and is it sowing discourse to my, my brothers and sisters at the church? Um, it's, it's important to look at that and, you know, I, I, in my mind, I, I was guilty of it for a long time. In my mind, piercings were way worse than tattoos. And they were like, oh, like, you know, women can get her ears pierced and maybe have a couple more or whatever. Um, but like nose rings and tongue rings and, and all these other things like, oh, no, that's like that's sinful. I'm like, well, let's look at it. Right. Like, again, why are you getting it? Yeah. Is it to boost yourself up? Right. Um were you peer pressured into it? You know, like what is the motive behind doing it? Um, but are they inherently sinful? I don't think you could find that. 
Yeah, and, they, and they, again, once again, there are extremes, right? Like you got these people that get all these like body alterations where they have like studs implanted and screwed into their skull and it right. protrudes out through the top of their skin and uh, th- 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 these body alterations that people have where they get like their tongue split and they have all like horns and imp- like, okay, so now we're getting to a point where you're altering the image of God. That was where I wanted to take it. Right? Yeah. And should we do that? Yeah. Uh, no, so, we should, no. We, we shouldn't. So here's my question, Tom. Okay. The image in which we are created. Yep. The image of Jesus, right? Yep. Cause I do, I do believe that Jesus is the creator. So the image amen, of amen. Jesus, um, does that encompass these things with, you know, tasteful tattoos, even spiritual tattoos or appropriate piercings, right? Because there's there's a way to go too far in both of those, right? Um, does that line up in your opinion with the, hey, you're made in Jesus's image um, and we shouldn't mess with that too much or at all? You so know, th- how, how do you line up there? So I think... When you look at being being made in Christ's image and progressively becoming more like Christ as Christians, right. we really have to look at that as a, a set-apart kind of thing, right? Like, are we getting tattoos for the express purpose of drawing attention to the tattoo or drawing attention to ourselves? Uh, are we doing it s- strictly out of vanity are we doing it regardless of what anyone else thinks and we don't care if we're a stumbling block for other people? When you look, if Christ wanted everybody to look like everybody else, being in his image, um, he wouldn't have recruited a bunch of fishermen, a tax collector, a zealot, and uh, you know all these different people that had distinctly different personalities and that had distinctly different backgrounds he wouldn't have recruited all of them because he wasn't saying, I'm going to take you and I'm going to wash away your background and make you become like a copy of me. He was saying, I'm going to take you with your background, with the experiences that you're going to have in your life, except I'm going to allow you to view all of those things through the lens of grace. Being made in God's image doesn't mean that we all have to conform to what we want to pick out of the Bible to conform ourselves to. What it should come down to is at the end of the day, when people look at you, do they see a tattoo and a piercing? Or do they see something different about you that says, that person has something that I don't have? And it has nothing to do with a tattoo and it has nothing to do with a piercing. And I, I think to that point, there's a lot of questions in one of the articles that I sent out earlier um, that I think we, we do have to answer for ourselves. And you've brought up the, the first one and the key one uh, many, many times, uh, Kyle. It's what is my motivation for doing these things? Because our, our, our motives are important in the decisions we make. Is, am, is my motive to draw attention to it or me or can it be used as a talking point to point to Christ? Should we approach 
everything that we do like that? And how much of it, how many things would we cut out of our lives if we were to approach it like that? Is me leaving my hat on during a prayer because I, I really don't care. I'd rather just leave my hat on. And that's, that's actually me being perfectly honest. I'd rather just leave my hat on. Um, but is me leaving that on going to generate a good question for the cause of Christ? Or is it going to generate a negative question that may damage my testimony or my relationship with a brother or sister? What should I do in that case? Yeah, I'm probably the latter, right? Um, it's it's hard, right? Because when you, when you talk about this subject of creating a stumbling block for the brethren, right? Um, as Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians, I've always looked at that. There's like a dichotomy in my mind, right? There's, yes, we shouldn't intentionally do things that will cause people to stumble. But at the same time, I do think that there are things that there are misconceptions, there are judgment, there are things that maybe shouldn't cause people to stumble because they just, they, they, they haven't done the work themselves to get to a point where they can understand it fully. Yeah. So I look at that and say, yes, there are things I, I shouldn't do that I personally have no problem with. doesn't affect me. Right. And, I'm, and I take account like, you know, there, there are some people that they have different background than me. They've gone through different experiences. So certain things to me aren't sinful. But for them, yeah. if they engage in those things would be right. So there's that there's that vein. But there's also I think you have to look at it and say, hey, before before I get upset with this or before I look at that and say, oh, Tom. I saw that you weren't wearing, a, or yet you were wearing a hat while we were praying or while we were singing or during the sermon or whatever. Before, you know, letting that materialize, maybe you should say, hey, is this, a, is this valuable for me to engage with, right? Is this worth me being upset about, really? And yeah. Get in the word and, and find, okay, hey, these are preferences. These are things that don't really matter one way or the other for the kingdom's sake. Um, so for Tom, great. More power to you. You, you look good in a lot of the hats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, you, yeah. you have a, a plethora of hats, a collection. Yeah. Um, but some others, right, might not do it for their own personal convictions. Mm -hmm. And you can respect each other's, right? That That's both sides of the coin of the weaker brother comp principle, right? I, it, growing up, my understanding of the weaker brother principle was always that somebody who was doing something that didn't conform to what I thought to be true was the weaker brother and I needed to show them some grace, right? So in other words, I'm going to show Tom some grace because he's obviously the weaker brother because he's wearing a hat while we're praying. Obviously. Right? Right. But that was the principle of the weaker brother that I was right. brought up with. Yeah. And it wasn't until... Uh, a very good friend of mine who we've had on the podcast before, um, Colin Hirsch, preached a message and it completely flipped my concept of the weaker brother when it comes to our liberty in Christ because I had always understood it that way. And it allowed me to take that passage and apply it to the other side of the coin of the weaker brother principle in that maybe me wearing the hat doesn't make me obviously the weaker brother 
maybe me wearing the hat and this isn't to bolt, you know, bolster myself up or anything like that. I'm just talking about perspective here, right? Yeah. Maybe me wearing the hat is realizing that in Christ, I have the liberty to wear a hat when I pray and to keep my eyes open when I pray and to stand and walk and talk to other people in the middle of a prayer that I have going on with God in my head, right? And the weaker brother that sees that and is, is the person that's offended by it. That's the other side of the weaker brother coin. And maybe I shouldn't do those things so as not to offend them rather than them allowing me to do it because I'm the quote unquote weaker brother. Yeah. Maybe they're the weaker brother. <clears throat> right. Right. Um, and like, it's going to be a case by case scenario. Sure. Right. Um, but I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to convey is before you let it, because thoughts are thoughts. They happen instantaneously. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but like you think something and then you immediately like, mm, wait a minute, let's run that back. Why am I thinking this? Is this a right way to be looking at this scenario? You check um, yourself. You check yourself yeah. before you wreck yourself. Right. Um, but yeah, in the Lord, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you look at it and, you know, that that is discernment. That is scriptural discernment saying, hey, I thought this before I act on it, before I say something or mm-hmm. do something, let's check it. Let's make sure that this is scriptural, uh, is biblical, um, and then act accordingly, right? Yeah. And then the idea, right, is that you this is happening so efficiently that you don't even think it anymore, right? right. It just keeps pushing back, mm-hmm. and then there you go. It's not an issue, yeah. right? Um, that's not to say that there are absolutely things that would be stumbling blocks, right? I'm not yeah. saying that not there's no stumbling blocks anymore and you should just you know, not be offended. What I'm saying is... I'm going home to put my tongue piercing in. You got to. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, look at it both sides, yeah. right? If you are the offended, just sit down, just internally look at it and say, okay, what is actually happening? Is this right to be offended by? Yeah. Um, and then if, you know, if you're the on the other side of that coin, use discernment as well on what's happening around you, and, you know, the, I think the idea is if, if you work on, if those two people are working on those things, you know, together, you have a, a unity which, that it works, that everybody's edifying themselves. There is no judgment. Everyone's working on themselves to better themselves in their walk with the Lord and everybody grows. All of a sudden we're all maturing in Christ. What? Yeah. Uh, but but so, it takes both sides. Yeah. So with the motivation thing. It, uh, one thing that I think we need to ask ourselves too in all of it is who am I trying to identify with, right? Am I trying to identify with the world in doing this or am I trying to identify with Christ? Uh, that can be challenging. Absolutely. Because think how many, like if we actually approached our entire lives that way, what would we do and what would we not do? Um is it, is it all of a sudden, are, are conversations like this all of a sudden like not important anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, a, another thing I think we need to look at is like, am I succumbing to peer pressure? Well, am I getting a tattoo or a piercing because everybody around me and all my Christian brothers and sisters around me are getting tattoos and piercing and I just really want one because they look really cool. Right. Okay. Well, that probably and, not the best reason to get one. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a permanent mark on your body. And even if you get holes in yourself, like holes don't ever completely close up. Uh, yeah. um, I'll always have the scars on my earlobes. Yeah. Always. Um, 
another thing would be something that we've kind of touched on a little bit. Am I drawing undue attention to myself? Right. And that that's placement, right? Um, a, a tongue piercing and a tattoo that is easily easily covered up, or a tattoo that's like not super obvious, or it's not um, doesn't it's not really colorful. It doesn't draw attention to it. You know, like like the skull with the snake before, like that would draw some attention to it. People yeah. would notice that. Yeah, and the imagery is not necessarily uh, who does that bring represent? honor to yeah yeah uh, you know for, for me the, the the star war the the my wife's name on my arm right like that's that's a way for me to honor her like uh it's never gonna go away right well yeah, I, yeah. I, I never have any plan to separate from her right. so why would i not do that and then in that picture it points upwards right to the unity of marriage set down by god himself right right so yeah i mean if you can find a clear path back up to biblical themes or God himself, I think you're on the right path. Yeah. And then, and then the final question I think we've defined pretty well is, um, like, am I, am I doing it too much? Do I have too much of it? Again, if your body is covered in tattoos and nobody can make one out from the other, and even if they're all spiritual or they're all pointing to Christ. Like if they're all blended into each other and nobody can tell heads or toes and there's not an inch of your skin that's not covered by tattoos, how is anybody supposed to tell? Right. How is that profitable? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I've got every inch of my earlobe and all the way up and my lip and my tongue and my nose and my eyebrows all covered in piercings, like what are, are, what are people going to see in me? Where, where do you draw the line? We draw the line where it's no longer profitable. Yep. Well, what is that? When people come up to you and the first thing they ask you or about your tattoos or your piercings, it immediately did not become profitable for the furtherance of the gospel. Now, if you have a couple of tasteful tattoos that have like, oh, that's that's a really interesting tattoo. Oh, I'm glad you saw that. That's a, that's actually my favorite verse. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's uh, 2 Timothy 3.12. Um, and yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Nice. Why do you have that on there? Because it reminds me that if I'm being persecuted, whether it's um, principalities or or like one-on-one persecution from someone, then I'm probably doing what I should be doing and living godly. Well, sure. Well, that was the whole, the whole motivation of getting the cross. Yeah. Right? Not a lot of people are going to see my chest unless, you know, I'm swimming maybe in the summer. Um I usually don't walk around my shirt off in public, so... You don't come to church with your shirt off? No, I usually uh. don't. There was that one time, but, you know... <laughs> no, but I usually don't like... I wouldn't be right. out in public other right. than maybe swimming ever with my shirt off or maybe church camp or something, right? Um, but it, the reason I have it was to say, when I look in the mirror, whether it be every morning, if I ever get into a, heads, or a mind state um, where I'm like, you know, I just it's rough and I don't know how I'm going to keep going or, you know, I don't have any hope or mm-hmm. whatever. If I, you know, I, I got it as a reminder to myself yeah. that Christ is right there. Redeemed, man. I'm redeemed. Yeah. I, I am his. That's good. He's got me. Um, that's the whole point. Right. And really the placement was on purpose mm-hmm. right now. I could have got it, you know, on my forearm. I could have got it, you know, on my leg. So when I'm wearing, like, so when I'm wearing shorts in church that, people can see it mm. right whatever like but I, yeah but it's, it's for you it's for me yeah right and if i'm somewhere where people can see it you know i can talk about it i can say yeah. this is why i have it this is yeah like you know I, i've had people ask me about it 
or even when I was getting it. Um, so yeah, there, there's things like that. And then even this one on my arm, like it's, you know, it, the Trinity symbol is usually like, you know, three circles, right. That are mm-hmm. the traditional, but this is like a, they're a more triangle based one. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had people ask me what that is. Hey, that's a cool tattoo. Like, what is that? Well, yeah. Funny you ask. It's actually a more, you know, modern triangle kind of take on the, the Trinity symbol. Like, do you go to church somewhere? And then you, should, you can launch it's a segue, right? right? You can launch right into it. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's the motivation definitely matters mm-hmm. behind these things. And like you said, there's definitely a line where it is sinful, where you have gone too far. Um, whether that's what you wear to church, whether that's tattoos or piercings, um, really in most aspects of your life, this will apply. There is a yeah. line where you where you can cross, where it is no longer profitable for doctrine for reproof right all, all mm-hmm. those things yeah. right yeah. um and then by default is sinful yeah right but the great thing about it is there's so much room there's an ocean of room before you get to that point and uh as long as you you're living in that area right you have the freedom that's the glorious thing about the christian faith yeah. you have the freedom in christ to to be your person, to be your own person in Christ. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of it. Lane, any, any parting thoughts? No. He's like, yeah, what you guys just said. (laughs) Um, no, uh, we would, I, I'd actually love to hear like other people's comments and thoughts. Uh, I'm going to start putting in our, in our podcast description, our email address, uh, we'd love to hear from people. Uh, we'd love to hear from y'all specifically on these things uh, that we've covered a lot of kind of touchy and um, sensitive topics here over the last few weeks. And we'd really love to get some feedback. It's podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. Uh, you can also feel free to comment on any of our posts on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to even uh, get to a point, as we've talked about before, where maybe we can have like a live show on a Friday night and record that. Uh, we do have that capability. If you'd be interested in something like that, uh, again, email us, uh, let us know. Um, we'd also love to hear from you as, as far as like topics or questions that you have that we could cover and maybe bring in some of our experts and other people to discuss it with us. But yeah, absolutely. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we, do, we, we love the fact that y'all are just continuing to listen and being faithful. We appreciate it. Absolutely. No, we, yeah, we'd love to do a, like a mail bag episode, um, and really just dive into, uh, listeners questions and answer more directly. Um, but yeah, if not, we'd love to explore more topics if anybody has anything. Um, but no, we, we thank you Lane for being on. Um, I know it was a little impromptu, but we appreciate it. It's always good to have a third chair. Um, but yeah, we hope everyone has a great week. Uh, definitely took a, a plunge, uh, pretty deep plunge, I think. Um, but I think it definitely, an effective and it was uh it was a good it was a good episode informative but uh we appreciate everybody for listening we'll be back next week with another installment have a great week everybody